Namaste, yogis and friends. I'm Kino McGregor. And I'm Tim Feldman. And we would like to welcome you to Miami Life Center's podcast. Hey, everyone. For this episode of Chat and Chai, Yoga Talks from Miami Life Center, we have an interview with myself and Joseph Armstrong. He was an apprentice with us at Miami Life Center about a year ago, after which he moved to Antigua to start up his own Mysore program. He was a really inspiring student and teacher, and we miss him a lot, but we're still very much connected with him. He's actually coming back at the end of this month to do a workshop, which I'll tell you more about at the end. But here's an interview with the two of us. We talk about what his journey has been like from using yoga as a tool for recovery to moving from Miami Life Center to running his own Mysore program in Guatemala. What being a teacher means to him and what his teachers mean to him. He's a really knowledgeable, inspiring teacher and practitioner. So I hope you enjoy. Here it is. So first I wanted you to start by just giving an overview of your entire yoga journey. So from when you found yoga to where you are now. Okay, so I started practicing in 2008. And my practice at that time was in a vinyasa style, and it was really casual. So um, I was working a full-time job, I was living in Washington, D.C., and a friend took me to my first class. Um, and I kind of knew immediately that there was something really um, special about practice. Something really uh, caught me to it right away. So I was dealing with some pretty serious addictive behavior. Uh, I ended up going to India and I spent a few months there. I did my first yoga teacher training and that was in 2012, I believe. And that was a month-long intensive that really started to uh, glue me to the practice. Um, but I still, there was a period of me going in and out of some serious... Um, uh, spells of, um, of pretty much breakdown in my life. So, uh, losing jobs, uh, losing homes, uh, and finally, um, I made my way to Miami through a series of events and, um, came to practice Ashtanga yoga for the first time. And that was at Miami Life Center. I, I came there to get their um, new student special. So they had this special where you could go for your first month for a really cheap price. And that was pretty much the only thing I could afford in the city of Miami in order to get some practice into my life. Uh, so I practiced there for that month and I completely fell in love with the Mysore style practice. And I really haven't looked back since. Um, I folded myself into that family, and um, I was very lucky to come to meet Tim Feldman, one of the owners of Kino, and um, it really um, offered me a lot of knowledge that reshaped my life. So uh, a lot of times I'll tell people that um, the first time I walked into Miami Lovner, my whole life, really, that's like pivot. 
So, so since Miami Life Center, I did a two-year apprenticeship there, which was, of course, very intense. And um, Tim Feldman is a very good and very demanding teacher um, when it comes to to train us. Um, so it was a, a a strong two years of devotion, learning about their um, Ashtanga Yoga. Um, and after I finished that, uh, I decided that it was time for me to go um, share what I what I'd learned in Central America. I'm currently at Guatemala. I've been here the past year. Um, I'm about to open my own center here. My partner and I are, are looking into um, developing a retreat center, and um, that's that's my journey in the in a nutshell. Okay, cool. So how has yoga been a part of your recovery? Yoga has been a huge part of my recovery because, um, you know, I really sought out recovery in my life in two ways. Um, first, I sought it through traditional um, treatment of addiction as a disease modalities. So that means through traditional rehabs, through traditional psychotherapies and group therapies, um, through traditional 12-step methods. Um, and time after time, those methods, I failed in. Like, they just didn't work. Um, so after failing in those modalities a number of times, I really tried to devote myself to yoga and using yoga to transform my life. Um, so that worked for a little while, but then again, I would find myself in relapse and back uh, into drugs and alcohol. Um, but what finally did work was in particular, the method of Ashtanga Yoga and its ri rigorous requirements for daily practice and also surrender, surrender to the method and the teacher. Um, so it was, in particular, Ashtanga paired with um, a really strong commitment to um, daily 12-step meetings. It was only the combination of those two things that finally worked to get me in particular sober. And that kind of, that I feel like that kind of goes back to the point you made about MLC being a very strong pivot point in your life. Like Ashtanga Yoga coming yeah. into your life, which is like so amazing. Every time I've heard you say this a lot of times, every time I hear you say this, I get like goosebumps. It's super mm. inspiring. It's like, are you walking yeah, to the doors of my, I mean, I feel like for me too, I walked into those doors and like so many things changed from that point on. Yeah. And well, you know, I was actually writing about this recently. Um, at the time I first came there, there's this woman who worked the front desk and She's this really just sort of, um, like she has this almost mystical energy about her. And I just feel like even she, when she started to speak to me and she started to introduce me to the studio, I feel like she knew how important it was to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like she, she was aware and she sensed um, like how much I needed the, this transformational uh, practice. Um, it really is. It, it, it's, it was almost miraculous. Right. Like the, whole, the whole thing there. 
Yeah. I remember walking into my first day of Mysore and Patrick looked at me and he was like, so you're with us now? And I was like, yeah, I guess I am. It felt like a turning point. It was like, okay, this is happening. So, so looking back, is there anything more you can talk about in regards to MLC and what effect it's had on you, either personally or as a teacher? Yeah. So, um, personally, I'm there every day. It really was as much my home as my actual home was. Um, just because between my, my personal practice, my assisting hours, the, the guided classes I would teach, um, I spent a lot of time there. Uh, when, when I wasn't actually working there, I mean, I found that uh, I wanted to be there to hang out with you or Eddie or mm-hmm. Patty or any number of people, you know. Um, it really is the place that I wanted to be when I was in Miami. Um, it, it, Miami Life Center has a really special energy. I think that everyone who goes in there recognizes this. Um, so it, it, it touched me immensely on, on a personal level. Um, and in terms of as a teacher, I, before I got there, I had already done one teacher training and I'd been teaching for a couple years in, uh, vinyasa forms in gyms and corporate situations. And, um, my teaching just was not very nuanced. It wasn't very um, aware as practitioners. It wasn't aware of practitioners as individuals, mm-hmm. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Miami Life Center method of training teachers really did help me to start to personalize um, what what yoga has to offer to each student that I encounter. I mean, that really is the heart of our method, I believe, is that it's very personalized, individualistic. We all do the same exact sequence every single time, but we all have something different that we're working on within the context of each pose. You know, because some of us are dealing with, like, very gross physical challenges I don't, I mean, I mean gross as in like their muscles are very tight and they just can't reach where they want to reach, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And then there are some people who are super flexible who could easily reach where where I'm asking them to, but there's something in their, um, their psyche or their emotional body that's not letting them do it. and Ashtanga Yoga and what I learned at Miami Life Center really helped me to understand um, different challenges with different practitioners. That was beautifully said. I totally agree. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so much more about like teaching someone the sequence. It's like teaching yeah. them the sequence the way they need to personally learn it to receive yeah. some benefit. Yeah, exactly. So how has it been moving from MLC to run your own MISO program? How's that transition been for you? Uh, it's been, what is the word? Mm-hmm. 
Transitioning from Miami Life Center to running a Mysore program myself has been really eye-opening because to a degree at Miami Life Center, we, as an assistant in the the Mysore room, um, the teachers, the regular Mysore teachers kept a very close eye on us assistants and they were ultimately responsible for their students' um, experience, right? So they really directed us into what they wanted us to do and what they did not want us to do with each particular student who came into their room. Um, So we had some amount of autonomy at MLC, but when I transitioned into um, my, my own Mysore room, I really had to take responsibility for seeing what my students' long-term trajectory was. Mm. Like, there's no one standing there telling me um, what so-and-so needed to work on. Um, And I I think often of um, my teacher, Alexandra Santos, there at Miami Life Center, who really very strongly encouraged me to start um, making plans for my students to to really think about where they are at any given moment and to have some sort of um, intention, one, and also solid plan, two, for where they were headed. Um, so yeah, my the transition has been eye-opening. I think that's the phrase I would use. Cool. Yeah, I can imagine. I think there's a lot of things as a Mysore teacher that you won't learn until you're on your own and you're forced right. to experience yes. it. I was going to say, and something else is like in the two years at Miami Life Center, yes, there's there's a lot of repetition um, in the, the assist and the adjustments that we give students. There's a lot of opportunity to hone the craft of adjusting and assisting. Mm -hmm. But I really experienced um, a new level of comfort with it once I got into my own Mysore room because I'm I'm a little bit of a nervous person by nature. And I I see now that when I was in the the Miami Life Center Mysore room, there's always a a small sense of, am I doing this right? Am I, I learned this correctly? Am I really helping the student? But now there's no one else there to do it. So by by force of nature, like I've had to become confident in a whole new way about what I'm doing when I'm helping people. Wow, that's amazing. So you've like really taken on the role of a teacher. Yeah, I mean, I am. Yeah, you yeah are. It's, it's me in there. They're, they're looking... I mean, people come into the Mysore room because they're seeking something. Mm. Um, and, you know, the whole reason, I, a core philosophy of mine in life is that you have to find people who have what you want and you have to get it from them. Mm. Yeah. Right? So at Miami Life Center, there were these teachers there who had what I wanted. So it was my choice to my decision to go there and get it. Likewise, people show up into my Mysore room now. 
day after day, week after week, month after month, because apparently I have something they want. <laughs> so it's it's my responsibility to give it to them and to give it to them with a sense of um, diligence and like love and and respect and reverence for the tradition. Like it's about parapara and the mm-hmm. sense of like respecting what's what's being passed passed along because people come to me but i'm not actually creating anything that i'm giving them i'm just very respectfully passing along what was given to me that's such a beautiful way of explaining the the function of a teacher the function is that i have something that people want right Mm -hmm. and this is actually this is actually a very fundamental bit of recovery philosophy Mm. Like when you're when you're new to recovery and in the rooms of um, 12 step uh, fellowships, like when you're trying to take out a sponsor, a sponsor is a person who who helps guide you through your journey in recovery. The main thing that you look for in a, in a sponsor is that they have what you want. Okay. Um, so you can do that with your teacher as well. Find a teacher who has what you want then get it from them it's 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 interesting to look at ashtanga yoga or yoga in general as like we're all kind of recovering from something you know when you compare it to yes the the steps you know an aa yeah well you know they're identical like the two programs in so many ways are really identical um they're about learning to be less reactive mm-hmm. they're yoga. about surrender to both a teacher and a method, um, they're they're really identical programs wow. in many many ways. That and that makes sense how you were able to bring the two together without them kind of butting heads. You know, they were able to come yeah, together really seamlessly. But you know, it's in, one interesting thing is that my sponsor for that particular individual, like it didn't work quite the same way. But for me. Uh, my experience was that it was really only the multiplication of yoga science recovery that got me clean and sober. And, you know, it's inspiring that you were able to find that particular combination of things that worked for you. And I'm sure it can yeah. work for so many other people. And, like, seeing you and making it work and finding the perfect formula that got you to where you are today... Which is yes. like in a really awesome yeah. place. I do feel like it's the very structured nature of this practice mm-hmm. that, that was so effective. Yeah. Um, and also like the, the expectations of our teachers are very powerful. I don't know that you necessarily get that when you only see your teacher once a week. Right. Or maybe twice a week as opposed to having a teacher be six days a week if possible. Right. Um, that that expectation is very powerful. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about your practice. So you as a student, uh, you went from, and okay. well, I guess it's kind of related, you went from practicing six days a week with a teacher, and now you're practicing on your own most of the time without a teacher. Yes. So how's, how's that for you now? Yes. Oh my God, it's so hard. It, it really is so hard. The... The time in the past year that I've enjoyed the most 
were the month that I got to spend in Mysore with Shakti. Um, so I came into that month after having been on my own for, I moved to Guatemala in March. Um, and I practiced by myself March, April, May. So three months by myself. And those first three months by myself were so hard. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I just felt a little lost on the mat. There was no one there to to watch me. Like, I've, I've spoken a lot tonight already about um, the power of expectation and the 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 want to to um, to really honor my teachers. And suddenly, being without that just made getting on my mat so much harder. Um, so to be perfectly honest, my, my practice hurt a little bit. Like days, I always get on my mat, but some days my mat um, wouldn't see the practice that it used to, mm-hmm. right? Either I wasn't trying quite as hard or um, I couldn't get through everything or I felt like I just wasn't um, like finding the the determination that mm-hmm. used to be there. So after those first three months of practicing mm-hmm. on my own, I, I got to go to Mysore and practice with Shiraji. And that time really, I think for those of us who don't have teachers on a daily basis, that 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 visit to Mysore is so important to building us back up and helping us feel connected and energized. Um, and I came back home and my practice felt really good for a while. Um, and here lately again, it's been a little tough. I'm, I'm again now six, seven months without having a teacher on a daily basis. And, you know, I'm really jealous of you guys who are there in Mysore right now. (laughs) I was jealous when you were here. I am. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. But yeah, practicing on your own is hard. It's just hard. Yeah. And um, thankfully, I mean, I had all my time there in MLC to help me feel like I'll get through it. Like I know I'll get through it. Right. I, I know that practice is going to have its ups and downs. So yeah, I, that's what my time uh, without a teacher has been about. Coming to really understand the, the ebb and flow of the practice. Yeah, you know, lately I've been thinking a lot. Last time I was here was two years ago. And I keep thinking, like, that was too long. That was too long of a time to not be here. Because I kind of, like, forgot what it is that I get when I'm here, when I'm practicing here. Well, you know, I have a terrible memory. And I'm going to blame (laughs) it on all the drugs I did. I have a terrible memory. And, you know, last time I went back to Mysore, I couldn't remember the last pose Sherrod had put me on. No way. put me on. I could not remember. I knew that it was in the back bends, and finally I decided it was the back bends of second series. So finally I decided it was, it was capo, and that's just what I started doing. I started doing through capo. Um, but, yeah, I, I made a very strong mental note to remember where he assigned me through uh, for when I go back again. But also, I don't want it to be two years. Like, right. I, I want to go again 
the next time it's available. Yeah, totally. Um, so, so if you hear anything about when that's going to be, please let me know. <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll keep you posted. I need my server moves okay. going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, at least we'll have Miami else, together. That's what I was about to say. At least we'll be there to practice uh, in Miami. Um, hopefully they're on the front row. Yeah, and you'll get a good dose of energy to take with you back home. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed that. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about Joseph's workshop he's offering at the end of this month on January 26th. It'll be one full day workshop starting in the morning with a guided half primary class and in the afternoon a workshop on toxic behavior, yoga, and the nervous system. Ending with a panel discussion on maintaining recovery through service, so ending with community. Since community is a really important pillar in working through the yogic path and working through healing. So this workshop will be generally looking at yoga and the Ashtanga method as a form of therapy and recovery. If you're interested in learning more about this workshop or in signing up, you can head to our website www.miamilifecenter.com and underneath the workshops tab, you'll find more information and sign up. I'll also link it in the description of this podcast. Thanks for listening to Chat and Chai Yoga Talks from Miami Life Center. Namaste.